welcome to Tales from Behind the Veil. I'm Patrice Catan, and I'm an expert in the fashion, bridal, and event planning industry for over 40 years. And I'm Leah Haslidge, Patrice's producer and sidekick. Today, we have wedding and event icon, David Tutera. He'll be sharing his history in the business, tips for you on planning your big day, and all about his brand new book, which is on bookshelves now. I have some exciting news today. I'd like to introduce David Tatera. He is an icon in the event planning business and many other things. Great designer, great friend. David, say hello to everybody. Oh my gosh, I'm always so glad to talk to everybody. And But before I get any deeper into this, I am so thrilled to be with you, Patrice. You are also an icon and you have taught me so much in leading forward in the industry and you are really truly a special person to me. So I'm honored to be on this with you and to be by your side. Well, thank you very much, David. And you know, it's very interesting, but through the years, we've all learned a lot and we've developed our talents in many different directions. Um, Let's give them a little background right now on how you started, what you're all about and how we ended up joining together. Okay. You know, it's funny. I was getting ready this morning. You know, when you're getting ready, washing your hair and thinking, what are we going to talk about? So I knew you were going to ask that question, so I'm very prepared. So I'm going to start with sharing a really quick um, insight to how I started in in, in my career. And I'm going to keep it short and sweet because I've been doing this for over three decades, so we we don't have enough time. Um, So I I was in school, going to college, dropped out, decided that it wasn't for me. Um, And then I wound up taking this job, becoming a singing telegram delivery person dressed up in costumes for this woman who had a singing telegram company in Scarsdale, New York, which is a very affluent area of Westchester County. And um, six months into it, I was making some decent money for a 19-year-old. And she said, listen, I'm going to Boca with my my husband and I'm retiring. Would you like to buy my company? I said, I can't. I have no money. So I asked my grandfather, Patrice and I have talked a lot about my grandfather. My grandfather came over from Italy at the age of 13, worked in a flower shop um, for 47 years, and finally bought that company at, at the age of 47 when he started at 13. And then I started to work for him on the weekends, creating um, flower centerpieces and answering the phones and taking the orders and it was sort of my accidental entree into the industry. And then I just said, you know, I said to my to pop up my, my grandfather, um, Joseph Corsero, um, I said, listen, um, I'd like to open up a little shop, you know, and maybe start a business. And he says, well, what do you do? You know anything about work, business, making money, overhead, budgets? I said, no. And he said, well, I'm not going to give you the money to start it, but I am going to sit you down and tell you what you need to learn. And he taught me about perishables and profitables and learning how to run a business and how to how to connect with clients. And that was sort of just the very beginning of my career. And, you know, it, it took off over years. And I went from doing nothing to doing a little bit to doing more. And then the Jewish community in Westchester County sort of embraced me. And I became the bar mitzvah king. 
And that's what I was doing for years, bar mitzvahs. What did I know about bar mitzvahs, right? So <laughs> let me tell you something. I, I just told this story on the stage of, in front of 5,000 people in Las Vegas when I keynoted a couple weeks ago. And I said, um, my education came from the mavens of moms of the bar mitzvah children. They taught me everything I knew nothing about. I mean, Patrice, I knew nothing. I knew I didn't know what a place setting was, a charger plate, I, you know, covering the dance floor, ceiling. Like, why are you covering the ceiling with fabric? Why are you covering the chairs with table backs? You know, they taught me how to do a place setting. I, I didn't even know how to do a place setting. So I learned from my clients. And they're my, they're my masters. I mean, they, they literally taught me everything. Well, that's true, David. We both got along very well when I met you many years later. Uh, because we came from the same cloth. We worked in the trenches. We worked our way up. We developed our talent that was God-given, and we took it, and we worked with people, and we watched them be happy. Uh, your creativity as a designer is off the chart. You know, we worked together for many years. We developed a lot together. Um, tell the audience uh, some of the funny stories, and I'll interject, of what went on when we were designing. Hey, tell them about Party in a Box. What happened to that? It went in the rubbish. <laughs> Nothing happened with it, but it was a great idea. See, Patrice has great concepts. She has great ideas. She thinks outside, no pun intended, the, outside the box. And... We sat a lot. We talked a lot. And I, I just want to go back for a second just to sort of pay homage to Patrice. We did a focus group when I first launched my first fashion line in Bridal. And I knew nothing about the people in the industry. I just knew I wanted to do a, a line. And they brought in a couple people in the industry. And Patrice was sitting in my office in New York City. I had a big office in New York City. And there were, I think, probably about six people there. And Patrice sat next to me. She was putting in, you know, she doesn't hold back anything. So she sort of gave advice on all of it. And then she pulled me aside and she said, listen, you know, we should do something together. You know, I, I have this like little little business that I, um, I have out in Strongsville, Ohio. And I thought, okay, so um, I don't know her, right? I don't, I don't know. I didn't know Patrice. So I'm thinking, okay, I'll get on a flight and go see her, her, her little store. I landed and I was like, holy crap. It's like a, it was the city, uh, you know, it was a city of like crazy creative products. You know, she downplayed this family business that really honestly was just a really powerful business. And we clicked. And because of Patrice, we wound up having this very successful brand and line of product that you, Patrice, led the ship. And we built it and we created it and wound up in multiple, multiple retail locations. And we had a very successful brand. And I thank Patrice only for that. I mean, it's without you, I couldn't have had done it. Well, you know, it's funny, but it was an exciting time. It was very exciting for me because I was using the talent that was God-given. And I had met somebody that was really above my talent that also you taught me a lot. Uh, we sat down, we brainstormed. Uh, I remember it took us like three days and we invented this whole line of products for the reception, 
for, before the reception, after it, at the church, anywhere you wanted to do. We just threw it on the table, put it together, and thank God it did work. It was an exciting time in the industry. Yeah. Today, uh, the industry has changed drastically. There isn't as much creativity as there was even five years ago. Do you agree, David? I 100% agree. And you know, I was just walking through a couple of retail stores recently for just buying product for my kids for crafting. Right. And I was looking down the aisles and I sort of was stunned. And I went to the front and asked a manager, I said, where is the wedding product? None. There isn't it. It's off the shelf. None. It doesn't doesn't exist. exist. Why do you think, both of you, why do you think that that is? What do you think is causing the demise of the crafting and the creativity aspect? Um, I would say that the consumer, which is now, we're talking to consumers, we're talking the crafting consumer. I think it's easier for the crafting consumer because I think it is still available for them. It's it's less of quantity of, of options. The, but the world of weddings I, can't, I don't have an answer for anyone. Joey and I talk about this all the time, my husband and myself. And we're like, weddings is a multi-billionaire, billion, you know, business. Where where are they getting it from? I know the answer to the question where they're getting it from. I don't want to say it on this podcast because I don't want to give them the, the, the credibility for it. But it, it, consumers, couples getting married, I think are more lost today than they've ever been lost before because they've always had a challenge. And I think it needs to get fixed, and I don't know how to fix it. I agree with you, David. And, you know, it's very sad um, when you take a look at the aisles and there's nothing to buy in the wedding industry, nothing to even come up with and create out of something. And if there is a creation out of something, it's in small packages. So you have to buy 10 packages of something to do the creation. Uh, It's... it's, um, It looks like a dying art, but it's got to be revived. And this is one of the reasons why I went into podcasting, because I felt that there is a need for education in what you and I both know. And you being the icon of the industry, and I learned so much from you, it's a way of developing and encouraging people that we need to go back to the basics. Yes, I, I completely agree. And, and you know, we have um, multiple education platforms that we teach to our industry. And I talk about our industry being the professionals who are planners and designers and, you know, rental companies, et cetera, et cetera. And we, we do a conference once a year. We do uh, mentorship programs. We do um, uh, classes online. And what's fascinating to me is these are people that have either been in the business for maybe as long as I've been in it and some who are just starting who still have no direction. So the point is, is that there's been no leveling up in in this particular industry. Absolutely. Which I don't understand because it is such an opportunity for anyone, whether you've just started or you're in 30 years of being in the business, to now bring it to the consumer. But you have to have an, a, a professional explain the process. You can't just walk down an aisle and go, oh, what is that? Oh, wait, I don't need that. Or how many of that do I need to have for so many X amount of guests at this celebration? Whether it be a birthday party, a wedding, an anniversary, whatever it is, there's no guidance. And that's the challenge. 
That's right. It's a big challenge today. Also with the brides, myself working with the brides over 40 years, they need to be educated. How are they educated? They're educated by us educating them in what they need to know to plan a wedding from start to finish. Create themselves a budget, a timeline. What's the most important to them? And go on and on to to create this picture, this watercolor of their special time in their life. Creativity, I feel, and I'm sure you say the same, you got it from your grandfather, I got it from my father, is very important. And it's missing today. The educators like ourselves, there isn't a lot of us anymore. There isn't a lot that's really worked in the trenches that know the pieces, parts it takes to make this work, whether it's a wedding, a celebration, a bridal bouquet, whatever it may be, it's missing. And it's a sad, sad day. Uh, Girls today should know how to put a bouquet together. They should know the ins and outs of how to walk down the aisle. Does anybody show them? I mean, you can be anybody you want in the industry, but you got to learn the basics. And we're missing that today. The basics are missing. We're the educators. What can we do to make sure these people are educated? What avenues do we take? I know this has been a battle for us, for all of us. You know, it's interesting. I think that couples that are getting married, listen, where are they going? You know where they're going? They're going to TikTok. They're going to Instagram. They're going to Facebook. They're going to every ridiculous platform and seeing something that is so magnificent, right? That's correct. But, but, but two problems. A, who's putting that together and how can you do it? And B, it's super expensive because they're looking at the over-the-top elements on social, and not the reality of where they are budget-wise. So do you find Pinterest to be more of a con than a pro then? You know, I used to complain about Pinterest for years. I said Pinterest is the devil to the designer because it gives the consumer too many options. But now I've reversed that philosophy. Pinterest, to me, has actually simplified what we needed. Back then, to me, it was that devil that I thought created chaos. So what we need now is we need exactly what Patrice is saying, is that we need the the simple, tactile step-outs on what you need to do, how do you need to make it, and what are the costs to be able to put something together. And they need to be educated by the people that have been trained and worked from the bottom up to make it work. Yes. There's a lot of people out there that want to do what we did, and they can learn but we need to teach them. This is very important today. We have really lost the tradition of a wedding, a tradition of what it's really all about. We drop the veil. We drop the headpiece. We don't want to wear a typical wedding dress. Okay, that's everybody's personal choice. But in the process of working with them, Telling them what the difference of no veil, veil. It's a simple answer. 
I agree. Remember, David, when we designed the planograms for the craft stores and we were teaching them how to create a budget event for their wedding with the pieces, parts we had. This can happen with a lot of things, but they have to know how to do it. A lot of them don't even know what a glue gun is. Right. (laughs) Okay. You go to buy fern pins. You used to get them by the pound. Yes. Now you get 10 in the package. What the heck am I going to do with 10 fern pins? (laughs) You know. It's true. I mean, it's ridiculous. And and the, the love of this invigorates you and you want to teach other people. But what direction do you go? And I think this is why talking today and being able to educate people outside the box. You know, I retired a year and a half ago and I hate it. So this came along and I thought, okay, I had 40 years of experience, 50 in the arts and crafts. It's time for me to educate. Same with you. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. You've paid your dues. Time and time again, you're an artist by trade. And by the way, give us a little insight about your new book that's coming out. Oh, gosh. So I'm so excited about this. This, Thank you for asking that question, Patrice. Um, During COVID, probably the worst time to probably make a decision like this, I decided to write my memoir. And it's called um, A Journey to Joy. And it's titled, subtitle is A Boy Unveiled. And it really tells the story of my entire life. And in my entire life comes with a lot of pain, a lot of um, love, a lot of happiness, a lot of heartache, a lot of challenges. And it really showcases to the to whomever chooses to, to read this story. Um, it isn't about just me. It's about everything that people experience in their lives, depression, anxiety, two of which that I have just started to talk about that I've suffered for most of my adolescence to adulthood, um, and how to balance all of that while being in front of the cameras and being on television and being in front of thousands of people. You know, it's, it's interesting. And I found it so cathartic. And I found as I was writing it, it wasn't about me. It was about showing, showcasing to other people that there is so much joy and so much opportunity and so many ways that you can lift yourself to move forward. Because so many of us, and, and many of us don't even realize the person sitting next to us is struggling. 
and for whatever reason. Um, I talk a lot about my mom. She was, you know, my cheerleader through my entire life. I talk about where she is now in the, in the, in the very last stages of her life. And I just believe that it makes you smile. It certainly makes you laugh and it definitely will make you cry. And there is one funny thing I decided to do at the very end before I wrapped up editing is I finished up a chapter. It's sort of towards the middle of the book and it's called Billionaire Bitches. And these are the billionaire women that had hired me over the course of my career and the insanity, when I say insanity behavior of these clients and how they treated not just me, but everyone else and the expectations. When you read it, it is laugh out hysterical. Because the book is heavy, there's comedy throughout it as well. So you 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 cry and you laugh at the same time, possibly. So it's a really special book, and it's going to be out um, probably by the very end of December. Well, I think it'll be a great success. You know, um, we both think the same. This is why when we first met, we clicked. Family's very important to us, and business, creativity, and helping other people is very important. And I think the platform that we've both chose down the road, like now, is really working with people, helping people, and really giving them the knowledge that we have from the years of experience. And, you know, it's very rewarding to help people. Very rewarding. Because really, that's what our life is all about. I want to see a bride happy. I don't want anxiety for the bride. And I want her taught the right thing the right way. And whatever she can afford, I want her to be creative enough that we're educating her in the field to have what she chooses and to love life for what it is. Because life is very precious. And, you know, I lost my father. It'll be 20 years. You never get over it. He was my rock. He was the person that I always went to for advice. And, you know, you grow with that and you, like me, will remember what your mother said to you as you created your career. And it's always in the back of your mind. I say to myself, okay, what would dad do if he knew I was doing this or that? Okay, well, no, he wouldn't want me to do that. All right, I better go to the left or the right. So none of that ever leaves us. What we're doing now at the point of our lives is sharing, sharing what we know to help other people in many different facets of life. Uh, Also, I want to know what is going to be launched in 2023 by you. Oh, wow. We have been working on a project for now, uh, also started in the beginning of COVID because we had nothing to do. So we're like, okay, so what do we figure out that's different and unique? We are launching a project that has been um, thought out very carefully. It's called Dreams Delivered. And Dreams Delivered is for the consumer that can't afford a David Tutero event. You know, you can't afford to spend all this big dollars to create your wonderful celebration. We're launching it out first as weddings and celebrations. And the beauty of this is it's online and you you purchase 
the items that you feel are appropriate for your celebration. Um, there are nine looks, and you can literally pick the linens, the napkins, the charger plates, the, the um, accent glasses, the vessels that hold the centerpieces, the votive candles, and here's the crazy part. It also comes with all the options for each style of multiple invitations that come directly to your door. And also, we are working with a farm um, outside the country, and I've gone and designed all of the flowers that are pre-made. They're, they are sent directly to their front door, and it's all done in a, in a chronological order of what needs to come in the process of leading up to the, the days of your event. And it's affordable for someone to have a beautiful David Tutera celebration right at their doorstep, delivered to them, and they don't even have to step out and go into a retail store. That's amazing. Well, all I can tell you is congratulations. I know that'll be a hit. There's no question in my mind. Girls love to go on the internet. Yes. They love direction. Uh, This is the same thing I'm doing is trying to give direction to the bride, their attire, and all their garments to go down the aisle. And how to perceive um, how a wedding should be and be evolved. It's, you know, I have found it so hard the past two, two years for... I call, I say couples because now I think the grooms are very involved. So, you know, for the good or for the bad, we'll call it whatever. Um, they don't know what they're supposed to do. They, don't, they have not been given the tools to understand exactly what Patrice is saying, the tools of what needs to be done. What is the etiquette? What are the formalities? What are the, how do you run it? How do you figure out what your budget is? Who do you invite? What exactly. None of that, that's like a lost art that has been dumped down the, down the drain. And what, what I find now for us is that our clients, like our like legit clients that are calling us for big events, are just as confused as the client that doesn't have any money to, to have a big event. I don't know what happened. Well, I'll tell you, in my end of the industry, David, I, I think what needs to be addressed is... As you know, when I started the bridal business and I created it from the bottom up and created a very large salon with many employees in different facets, everybody was educated that worked with the brides, educated, educated with the mothers, educated in bridesmaids. And it goes on and on and the top shelf of alterations. Education is important today. They have to take time to learn to be able to translate this to the consumer. We did over how many years that we've been working with it. When we created stuff under the Doris label, we created it with intent that the client would understand what we were talking about. Remember when we did the planogram from A to Z, where it started with the headpiece and veil and went all the way down to the reception. This is what I'm trying to teach the brides today. This is what you need to know when you walk in a salon. You're doing the same with your new project where you're educating the bride what is next, no matter what your budget is. 
Everybody can have a beautiful wedding. You have to know what you're talking about. And they don't know. They don't no, know they don't. from start to finish. You know, uh, they walk in, I don't know what I want. Well, the consultant has to be as creative as the person that owns the salon because creativity is where it comes from. And then you have to take the time to educate yourself. And thirdly, you have to be a psychologist that this girl is already anxious and we need to slow her down so she yeah. does the right thing. Very, It's very, very, very true and sad. It's very sad. And I think this is why I got into this because education was very important, just like it is to you. And we know right and wrong. Why? Because... Everybody going up the ladder makes a lot of mistakes. And every time you make a mistake, you learn. So you can't be afraid to make a mistake because it's going to happen anyway. And then you're going to find out you got to do it differently. That's right. I've always said struggles equal success. That's right. What's the biggest lesson you've learned from each other? Um, I, learned, I learned so much from Patrice in her ability, she said it already, her ability to showcase to a consumer, if you think about it, we were, we were, our consumer was a consumer that was getting married. Let's assume most people have never been married, right? And now they've got this big responsibility. And what Patrice laid out, which is what she explained just recently was, you know, she took you from the very beginning to the very end of the journey. And it was done visually. And I remember when we had sat down and we created four different looks. You know, we had four different looks, same product, but it gave the consumer the ability of, does she want a princess wedding? Does she want a country wedding? Does she want a modern wedding? You know, and that was a really brilliant idea because we also were trying to educate the retailer buyers, okay, not so easy, by the way, because they have a whole conception conception of their own, and they don't know anything about what we know. Exactly. It's, it was hard. But what I learned was Patrice educated everybody, everybody, from the top, down, and across. And for the record, it was a massive success. Yeah, it was. I miss it. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot, a lot of fun. It was and a lot of in fun. The we had a great time. In the meantime, we were educating people and we were also educating ourselves because, like David said, in the industries we were servicing, they didn't know anything about weddings. The only no. thing they knew was numbers on a computer, and that's not how it works. Or we're going to divide your 10 feet and this is going on an end cap. No, it's not. It's in the wrong place at the wrong time. So we we did we did have a good run. Uh, God only knows what's ahead for any of us. Um, I'm so happy for you, David. You got two beautiful children. I watch them on Facebook all the time. I just laugh because they're doing things all kids do. Um, and I I remember when they were little. And, you know, um, it's, it's sometimes a hard job to coordinate raising children and a profession. And we've been through it, but it does work. It Everything works if you want it to work. 
Correct. But you have been very inspiring. I hope you come back again. Um, we'd love to have you in any capacity you want. I would love, to come back. I would love, 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 love to come back. Because you would have to put up with me. I already have. And I put up with you for years, and I love you more for it. <laughs> well, I don't know. Sometimes I can be a hardhead because in my industry, I always say to myself, oh, my God, am I doing the right thing? Did I do the right thing? And, you know, God is with me on this new venture. And I pray that I can help a lot of people and educate them to give them a little bit more of happiness. And I really think it came to me at the right time of my life when I still needed to be involved. Everybody goes, what do you need to work anymore for? You know what? This is not a job. This is a way of life. My life was not only family, which is extremely important, but business was my way of life. Creativity was my way of life. And the same for you. And without that balance, we're missing some joy. So now my balance is back and I'm happy. And I'm getting to connect with people like you that I haven't seen in a long time. And, you know, life goes on. You get older and you think time is so short. Come on, we've got to make this happy. So this is what I'm doing. And I thank you so much for coming on today. You are very special to me. I would never do a podcast without you. Never. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope you come back and give some insight to the girls on event planning and what they need to know. Uh, you're welcome anytime. Just give me a call. I will say you never have to ask me twice. I'll always come back. But I do want to end on one very important thing. You have been a true mentor to me. You have given me the ability to be successful in an industry I was unsure of, which I talk about as in retail. And you presented that to me as a friend, not as someone who wanted something from me. And that is a very, very rare commodity. So I owe you an enormous hug and a big thank you. I love you. I missed our times when we had so many dinners in Strongsville, Ohio, and I miss the times being at your salon. More importantly, I miss the times when we were together, just the two of us, talking about life, talking about family, talking about challenges, but most importantly, talking together as friends. So thank you. Well, I really appreciate it. You're being very kind to me. In return, uh, you have mentored me in many different ways also. I thank you for coming on today. I treasure our friendship. And I, after that, I am who I am. I never want anything from anybody. I'm just me. And I will always be just me. Thank you. Keep going. Love you. Love you too. Bye-bye. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Frank Bird and the production team, producer Leah Haslidge, that's me, and audio engineer Dave Douglas. <laughs>